Welcome to MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the truth behind medical research with unbiased, evidence-proven facts, powered by Encore Research Group and hosted by cardiologist and top medical researcher, Dr. Michael Corin. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about a really interesting and very useful website, the MedEvidence website. Dr. Michael Corin is here with me, and of course, uh, he heads up the show with Encore Docs and also uh, helps us get good healthcare information and medical research information. Dr. Corn, give us the website, the actual address, and then we're going to start talking about it in a little more detail, okay? Yeah, thank you, Kevin. It's called medevidence.com. And it's a platform that we established several years ago to help people understand how to evaluate medical products, services, tests, and claims in an objective way. And also from the standpoint of somebody who's involved with clinical research, which is the way we actually put things to the test. So we like to call it the truth behind the data. And I'm happy to explore that with you because there are actually some principles that one should use to understand health claims as well as possible, and then ultimately make good decisions for you and your family. Yeah, Dr. Corn. obviously there's just a flurry of healthcare information that comes flying at us. It seems like every day there's a little snippet either in the news or on our Facebook feed that says that here's the latest research on Alzheimer's or the effectiveness of statins or whether or not the COVID vaccine latest variation works. How do we use the med evidence to help us make better sense of all this healthcare information that kind of blows at us out of a fire hose? Yeah. And keep in mind that when you Google something, you're going to get information back that's based on somebody trying to sell you something. And that's fine. I have no objection to capitalism. Uh, I'm a capitalist. I think you are too as well, Kevin. But ultimately, people need to get to the truth. And how do you do that? So again, our bias is only that we believe in evidence-based medicine. We believe that medical claims should be backed up by some scientific information. And we are part of the process for generating that scientific information. So that's what I do day to day. So when I think about how to advise patients and family members and friends It comes down to understanding certain elements that will help you think through these things in a much better way. And I like to say that there are three big categories. One, understand how to look at risks versus benefits. Two, understand who you are and how that's relevant to medical decision-making. And then finally, understand issues around value and convenience. And then the fourth thing is that once you've gone through those three major elements of decision-making, then you have to know what dose to pick, and the devil is in the details. So we'll get to that, and we're going to break down each one. So let's start with the concept of risk versus benefit. So, uh, Kevin, what what do people usually ask me when they come to my office? Rhetorical question. They ask me, uh, is something good or bad for me? And, and that's not a great way to think about the world because everything could be good or everything could be bad. There's nothing intrinsic about things that are either good or bad. It depends on their context. So, for example, is water good for you? Well, we all need water to live and, and water and being hydrated is important, but you can drown in water and you can literally kill yourself with lo- right. water. People have actually drank so much water that they die from water intoxication. So water isn't good or bad. Water is something that has a benefit and a risk. 
And depending upon what your question is, what your circumstances are, you can assess that risk versus benefit. Obviously, in the doses that we usually use for water, the risk is extremely low, but it doesn't mean it's zero. And actually, when you get into management of disease, the amount of fluid in one's body becomes very, very important in terms of how well they'll live their lives. And of course, this concept of risk versus benefit carries through in virtually every decision we make in medicine. So some of the common ones, I think you and I have talked about this. Should I take an aspirin a day? Is aspirin good or bad? Well, aspirin's neither good or bad, but aspirin is something that, if used correctly, can reduce your risk for heart artery disease. If used incorrectly, it could increase your risk of having a gastrointestinal bleed. And so we can go into why in certain circumstances something should be considered to be high risk and something that should be considered to be low risk. Um, Does that resonate? Yeah, Yeah, I think, I guess I would ask and back up a little bit. When somebody first goes to Dr. Google and they research whether or not it makes sense to take a statin because they've been told their cholesterol is elevated and they see all these results and depending on how they typed in the search, it could come up with all kinds of stuff. What, what would you recommend for we laymen out here? I mean, how do we handle that? How do we handle the, all that stuff that's appearing on our Google search results? What should be step one as we really look at that? Understanding the whole you know, risk-reward notion that you just explained. Right. You should look at the information based on that risk-reward mentality. So, for example, if you're looking at statins and you're just looking up their side effect profile, well... You're going to find lots of reports about side effects. On the other hand, if you look at statins and you say, what are all the potential benefits? You'll say that they save lives, they reduce strokes, they reduce heart attacks. There's no question about that. And you get more into the risk versus benefit when you start to look at the clinical research elements and you also look at the consistency of all the scientific data. So if you have heart artery disease or if you've had a stroke, There's nothing that ever has said that, on average, statins will be bad for you. Obviously, somebody could have an individual side effect, but as a population, and you're at that high-risk category of having had previous heart disease, there's nothing out there that says that statins are a problem, and there's nothing out there that says getting your LDL cholesterol down to as low as possible is a bad thing. So some people have said in the past, oh, you need a certain amount of cholesterol to live, Well, that's really not exactly true. And the reason it's not true is because your body is very, very capable of making cholesterol from basic ingredients. So every cell in the body is able to produce cholesterol for its own needs, which are are, uh, multiple. Cholesterol is a very, very important part of cellular functions. But because of that, every cell in your body, except your eyelashes, interestingly enough, can make cholesterol. And the stuff in your in your circulation, the stuff that we measure, is the extra stuff your body's trying to get rid right. of. And the statins help your body get rid yeah. of that. So again, getting back to your question is, look at the clinical trial evidence or look at a resource like MedEvidence that breaks this down, not from anecdotes or, or stories, but looking at more global pictures. And then fit yourself into that global picture. Is it relevant to you? So, for example, if you're a 22-year-old woman who is a vegetarian and, and, and you get a report that your cholesterol is, is you know, a little bit high, don't freak out. Chances are that that may be good cholesterol, quote-unquote, meaning that the cholesterol your body is trying to get rid of is in a favorable package called HDL. 
and that person shouldn't be on a statin, number one, because they probably don't need it, and number two, statins can cause birth defects. So if you're a 20-year-old woman and you may get pregnant and or you may want a baby, you don't want to be on a statin. So again, this is the concept of one, looking at risk benefits, and then start putting it into step two, which is who you are. And it would seem that uh, Dr. Korn, all of us, I guess, as laymen, consumers of healthcare, we want absolutes, right? We want absolute answers, you know, that say, okay, this is good, this is bad, this will work 100%, this won't. And that's really totally, seems like it's unrealistic to ever look at any health information in that way. You're absolutely right, Kevin, is that if you look at anything absolutely, you'll be absolutely wrong. (laughs) So with that concept, let's take a break. And in our next session, let's talk more about who you are and why that's so important. Thanks for joining the MedEvidence Podcast. To learn more, head over to medevidence.com or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform.